We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by SoRare. I'm Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare. Joined as always by Andy Black, who you can find as Black on SoRare. And today, a very special guest. We've got, you want to see which, yep, pointing right there uh, for those listening. We've got Quinny, who is one of the first people that I started uh, watching on YouTube when it came to SoRare. Quinny is an absolute content beast. And we kept trying to make up reasons to have him on. And we were like, the problem with bringing Quinny on is that the three of us could talk about so rare shenanigans for like six hours. So we actually need to come up with a topic just to, you know, try to um, get us more focused. But I think we're just going to have shenanigans for, uh, for a while. But Quinny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, an esteemed honor to be here and a privilege. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, the pleasure is is ours certainly. Um, there was a little, there were some kerfuffles in the so rare Discord today, but the um, I feel I like I led some people on that we were selling our galleries. Uh, there was some <laughs> theory that we were selling our galleries because we were upset about something today. But um, for those watching and for those listening, we are not actually trying to sell our galleries right now it was more of a how much money would you take to leave and i'm not even sure we're going to talk about it but if anybody has any offers or, we're open, I or why right <laughs> sure or why right um so i told you guys that i was thinking about this topic yesterday did you actually think of a number of what you would sell your gallery for um no a little bit like i can value my my club every like three months i've got a little spreadsheet where i kind of track valuations and transactions and that kind of thing um so i kind of know where roughly i can value it at and with the price of eth and everything but the, you know it's a really hard thing to put a stable number on because there's so many moving parts and variables and elements and you know especially with some of the cards i i, I quite proudly own you know there's a few kind of little asterisks across them in terms of what they've got and what they're about um so no, I couldn't actually come up with a number, to be honest with you. Um, it's too hard. Quinny, did I see that you have the first Vandevort? Yes. Oh, wow. I did not know that. He has like the oh, 20, 
what is it, 1920, 2018, 19? Like one of 100. Like yep. the old school 2018 ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Let me guess. You paid uh, 77 cents for it. <laughs> no. Um, I got it at the beginning of, I got it like mid January. So maybe about five, six hundred pounds, eight hundred. Oh, pound. so you're not the original holder. I didn't even look, to be honest. No, no. I, the guy I bought it from paid two pounds fifty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you believe it? <laughs> yes. And you know, the, the, the funny thing about that, I, I don't know, I've probably not told this story in ages, but like, I, I had a Vandiver and I sold it in December. I was getting a bit of FOMO over like, you know, the mark, you know everything was kind of going off in November. We just got Bayern, some big shit was happening. And then Vandiver was nowhere near the team. He was just a training goalkeeper and I had one. And someday Pat LaRouche offered me like 0.12 of an E for something like that. And I thought, yeah, sure, why not? I'll just go get another one later. Done that. Came to January and I went to go get another one. And then I was like, oh, he's not had any cards this season. Like, that's when it kind of dawned on me. And I was like, shit, that's why he wanted it off of me. You know, the penny dropped like too much yeah. too late. And then I thought, well, if I'm going to go for one, let me try and get something a bit better. And then I'd reached out to, I think it's Berglue I got it from. Mm-hmm. And we'd kind of, <clears throat> over about a week or so, kind of hashed out a deal. And he'd said basically, oh, I'd accept about half a coin. And then I left it for like genuinely like six weeks, forgot about it. And then the news came out, like, Van de Vert's going to be number one. I don't know if you remember that, but it was like, a, it was a shockwave that went out, you know? Like, yep. And um, I just messaged them back on Discord saying, offer sent. And they just um, accepted it. Boom. Like that. Wow. And he's wow. like, He's like, he's like, I hear he's going to be the number one goalkeeper who does great for you and everything. And I was like, wow, thank you, man. What a guy, you know? That's crazy. That is kind of crazy. Wow. And he made like, he put a tweet out, you know, the the classic tweet that we all see nowadays, but he's like, I made a million percent on my Vandenberg card. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) All right, man, if you're happy, I'm happy, you know? Yeah, for sure. High five, you know? That is a yeah. funny thing about Sora that you can like get an absolute steal, but it's only but also the person who sold it made truckloads on what they originally bought it for. Uh, yeah, good times. Andy, do you have a number? No, N- not even. Okay, uh, just just for the sake of uh, coming up with something, two times my Sora data valuation. <laughs> I mean. So yes, we, two times. Yeah, we've talked previously about how if somebody's looking to sell their gallery and like get out, you usually have to take less than so rare data value because whoever's yeah. buying your gallery is probably going to sell off the pieces and they're taking the time to do it. But yeah, all of us want more than so rare data value because, because we we're not leave. looking. We're not looking to leave. So right. Um, yeah, I think that that really, really skews your decision making. There's no desperation. Um, we all feel like we're well positioned or well set up to, I guess, win more cards or win more money or whatever. So, and, and, you know, we've been collecting these things for a year, two years, you know, however long. And, um, you know, there's like a relationship with them almost. It's like, I, I don't want to lose them. I want to give them Did up. you, so... Quinny, obviously that Vandevort, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but I would assume that Vandevort is one of those cards that like, if you, like, if you sold it out, like that's not an easily replaceable card. It's not like, oh, let me just go buy another Vandevort. Like that's like the first one. So I'll actually skip that one. But how many cards do you think in your gallery? Like, even if somebody came to you tomorrow and said, I'll give you two times so rare data value, you sell immediately. And you're like, all right, let me start over. 
How many cards do you think that you currently own that you would try to buy back? About three quarters. That's amazing. 80%. Yeah, something like that. Like, because a lot of my cards, like, and again, you kind of gave us that as a, as a kind of a, a bullet point uh, yesterday or something like that. Uh, but I, I kind of feel like with my cards, in my club, it's it's quite curated. You know, I'm I I really like my club. I like you know all the kind of shapes it's got, all the all the pimples, everything. You know, so um, and like Andy kind of said, there is kind of a relationship. Like some of the cards I've got, I've still got like maybe about seven or eight cards I bought in month one that I've still got. And like all of those things, you know what I mean? Like that they're, they're brilliant. And I, I kind of said before with one or two of those cards, like uh, I'm thinking about like the Larson I've got. So I've got like Jordan Larson from when I started the platform, paid like 25 quid for it. Um, even if I was to like say like, oh, you know, 2X my gallery, right? Okay, I'll sell you. I'd, I'd still say, listen, see that card that stays like that, that you know, <laughs> you know, kind of thing because it's, I, I don't know. I'm kind of kind of off on a wee tangent to nowhere. I'm sorry, but that's what we're doing. You, you get attached to them, you know. It's, it's kind of my basic point, and that's that card has brought me on a real journey in so rare. I now own it in three scarcities in three different seasons, and it's um, you know, and from my, my my own like fandom and whatever, it's got a bit of a connection and a tie and whatever. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd buy back a lot of them definitely. You've obviously had like a ton of SO5 success, but like it seems like you also have a decent number of like collectible cards. Like when you acquire cards, do you try to get like the best of both worlds, like collector and utility? So, see, you know, I was chatting earlier on about like what happened in December last year when there was like that first real kind of crash wave where it was like, wow, Bayern, Real, all that kind of stuff. I got real kind of FOMO and flashbacks to other things in my life because like, Oh no! Might have lost Quinny. <laughs> I think we did. Tough frozen spot too. It's all good. So, um, I'm gonna. You asked both of us. You know, would we sell? What, what would we sell our gallery for? What about you? I, to be honest, like I haven't been around as long as you guys, and so I feel like I have. There's Quinny. I have less emotional right. attachment to a lot of my cards, so I don't think it would take two X for me to get out i do think i would like buy back in but i just don't think there are that many cards that i would like need to keep and so i think part of it is just because i don't have your galleries which like that's fine but like i don't know i feel like i think part of it is that if i was like if i could start all over i think i would do things differently and i feel like part of the reason like i have some cards in my gallery because i just can't get rid of them either because they're like useful to me but like, or like none the of them double are... thumbs up one oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or the guy holding a ball <laughs> that guy holding the ball has won me more cards than the guy with the two thumbs but um no i just i don't think I, I don't think that i have as much of an attachment to these cards as you guys do but i think it's more because i just haven't had them long enough like maybe i'll develop more of a relationship with these things but what's like your early well besides like jao felix and i guess alfonso davies kind of is kind of like your your first like really yeah. sexy card what what else do you have in there that's like your primo card that you got early on like nothing that's that's why i'm perfectly content getting rid of them like <laughs> i just um like i would have to the, the way that i know that that's the answer is that I, like i'm now going to look but i'm like oh what did i buy early but like yeah that the Davies card is is probably just the 
the reason I like the Davies card is because it it cemented to me that I was like in on the platform. Like yeah. I was willing to pay that much for this digital picture. What did you pay for the uh, Davies? Um, it's it it's always like, fun to look back at that stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it it was back when I thought in dollars, which I don't anymore. But I paid probably like January or December or something. It no, it was later than that actually. It was um, February twelfth. Okay. Um, which apparently, I was celebrating my son's birthday by buying a card. <laughs> um, but I spent point two five three on it, which at the time was four hundred and forty dollars, which was like an. Obs- I don't think I had bought a card before that for more than like thirty. I can't believe Davies ever came down to 0.25, like in ETH, 0.25. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, So that, like, buying that card was was like me being like, I'm in. Yeah. And the Jao Felix is just a constant reminder that I should have sold in the peak. It's like salt in the wound. He he had a decisive action today, I think. He sure did. He sure did. He's got a lot more to go before I could sell him for five ETH like I could have back then. But anyway. That's yeah. So I think like because I haven't been around as long, like I think I'm more willing to start over. And it seems like if you guys would start over, you would just start over with a lot of what you have right now. So there's really no reason to start over. I'll be honest. I don't know what the heck I would do. Like just you have all this. I I don't know. I, I, I could probably go play one D1 really hard. Maybe I would do that. I just have like one lineup, maybe like seven – uniques or something and just like go for it be like my one team that'd be kind of fun you think it'd be boring boring. yeah one team (laughs) yeah one team oh no no no, 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 no. (laughs) you'd have to have like eight cards basically yeah and like maybe a couple like super rares as depth or something but yeah it would be funny if you played like d5 for everything and then that one d1 <laughs> or whatever sorry that was one of the things they don't call it that anymore i don't know what they call i'm locked yeah. out of the unique uh yellow i think, so I think they just they call, call they just call it yellow now yeah. no, no no the unique oh black yeah black hmm. okay. nice <laughs> representing <laughs> getting engraved on the wall yeah I, what I, Honestly, I, I think with buying back, it would just make my life a lot easier, Rick, because like you say, Black, you could do a number of different things if you were to come back at it from scratch. I think, uh, you guys will remember, there was a wee phase where people were just liquidating galleries just to have like a, a reboot, you know, and just having mm-hmm. our shot at it, taking their lessons and, and going at it again. And I had those kind of thoughts passing through my mind as well. I was like, oh, I could, you know, maybe, you know, Pavel Trader could do that for me as well or somebody else or whatever. But um, but yeah, like, like I kind of said at the tip off, I do feel like a lot of the gallery I've put together, like it's got it's got a kind of makeup to it that I really enjoy, and I would probably find myself back into that again. I'd probably have guys like <clears throat> I wouldn't buy like a Nakamura rare again, or like there, there's a bunch of rares now that I just wouldn't buy as a rare. I'd buy them as a limited, and as a result, probably the money I would save, I could probably afford another couple of super rares. That I just do not have, you know, the the flexibility for it certain points in the market you know yeah i feel like the limited has allowed you to be a collector more than normally like i was buying like i said i bought a card with a guy with two thumbs and like i wouldn't have bought that rare card but as soon as i saw the limited for 12 dollars, i don't even know how much it was probably wasn't even 12 i was like oh yeah i'll buy that that seems stupid enough (laughs) 
Pony, do you sell a lot of cards? Uh, I, I go through phases. So, like, when... So I'm always... My head, just the way it works with these types of games and, and story in particular, is my head's always, like, eight weeks in the future or something like that, pretty much, you know? So I go through these mad, crazy spells of, like, everything I'm thinking about is, like... Right, right now, I'm thinking about December and January, and I'll spend maybe about two or three days thinking about that constantly, and then... I'll spend two or three days constantly thinking about the next two or three weeks in terms of fixtures and who's injured and uh, could I maybe do this or maybe do that. And so when I'm thinking about all that stuff, not much actually happens in my gallery. I might win stuff. I might do a trade with somebody and they give me something half decent that I'll just forget about and come back to. And then I try and time it. So like I, I'll go for a lot of periods where it's like, right, okay, I'm going to now sell a few different items or that guy's now hitting form. I don't actually like him. He's, he's ugly or whatever. And <laughs> but he's in form, so people will buy him, and and then can I wait for the opportune time in that in that sense? But I'm not a trader, like I'm not a trader trader guy, you know. Like I don't I don't buy to flip, I don't buy multiples too often, which limited's actually allowed me to do, and I've actually had a wee bit of fun with that with rookie cards. I've been picking up multiples of rookie um, rookie limiteds, um, but I'm not a big like trader guy. So if I had to start again, like if I saw my gallery like that, is something. I mean, even, I've, it takes so long to gauge prices again, you know, for everything. You say you don't buy the flip, but do you ever flip? Like, do you ever buy something yeah. like, and, and the opportunity arises and you're like, whoa, I can 2X on this card. I'll just do that now and then go do something else. Yeah, a lot of those cards, I'll have that in my head when I buy it. And then when it happens, it's kind of brought to my doorstep and I'm kind of forced into it. So like in March, I bought Garbage, <clears throat> Ivo Garbage, and I bought Odysseus combined Odysseus was 0.279 ETH in March and mm-hmm. Garbage was like 0.08 or something, yeah. maybe about April or May. And I sold, uh, basically when I, with Odysseus, when I bought him, I remember it vividly because I was at um, I was at a wedding party type thing and a, a, a night event and I had to like peel away for the auction, you know. <laughs> and when I snapped up, I was like, right, okay, minimum, I double my ETH on this, no matter yep. what ETH does. If ETH does something crazy, then hopefully, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But minimum, the worst case scenario, I want him to double my ETH on this. So then when he got to like 0.6-ish or so, that was, it was like, okay, I really like him. He's playing for me. He's giving me utility, but I did say minimum this, it's there. Just do it. And then Garbage was like, if he comes good, he comes good. And he did, you know, moving to Leo. So that kind of happened. That I, way I, expected think, to... I think goalkeepers are the easiest one to kind of like do that with. Cause like, as long as you have the ETH and the patience, like, yeah, buy the guy that's like not playing right now, but you know, eventually he's going to have a job somewhere. And then yep. as soon as, as soon as he's starting again, you've made money. Yeah. So Absolutely. quickly. Um, <clears throat> I like this point that Mike has in chat here. He said, if I ever sold my gallery, I know I could never buy the same cards back. When you originally bought cards at under 20 pounds, paying five to 10 X, for the same player card is not so appealing to me personally. I love that point. Like it would just crush me to be like, oh, I bought this at 0.01 or, you know, 0.1. I sold it at one ETH and now, oh wait, I have to buy back it. I almost feel like a comparison to that a little bit is like whenever I see a guy that's just crushing it and like, like Sebastian Coates is the one I always talk about. And he's just a guy that I feel like I missed so many times. It's like, I could have bought him for whatever, a super, cheap price because i've been on the platform forever and it's like now i now i want to own him but it's like i feel like i'm just chasing i'm just you know like i'm on a flush draw and i'm just i'm just chasing it and uh it's almost better for me to just invest in something else and hope that it turns good 
I'm probably wrong. I should probably just buy the good card, but I was I say, just... yeah, people said that at Bitcoin at like 30 K and so right. now, yeah. like, Oh, I can't do it. Uh huh. That's, that, that's basically my whole love story with Gretzka summed up, you know. Um, <laughs> I sold mine right before popping, and I probably don't need to tell you, I've talked about it far too much for my own liking. But I've sold the guy, popped off, and it's like, I still love him, still want him, but I cannot I cannot justify paying X when I bought and sold for so little in the past, you know. It's just too, it's too tough a pill to swallow, like price-wise, yeah. because we do, even though I'm not a big trader and everyone will have different variations on how much of a trader or, or a game player they are like so5 but y'all everyone has that pride of transaction history of like you know i've got this guy for 80 pound and i sold him for this no one wants to i bought this guy for two and a half grand and then i sold him for 2700 you know that's not <laughs> it doesn't really follow that narrative everyone likes to kind of keep when they're thinking about clubs and trades and cards and whatever i have that kind of regret with a lot of limited cards that i bought early that it was like oh i bought this one at 0.05 and I sold it at 0.09 and I'm like I was so happy and it's like oh it's 0.27 now and I'm like oh right. God, my gosh did I miss that one uh, Andy and I have a couple like that actually since yeah Fakir I sold way yeah. too early <laughs> Fakir is the big one that's oh, the one God, we both blue. laughed at and then but I made good money on Benzema I kind of sold the the tip top of him um nice whatever i do feel like i do feel like it's good to just like if if there are some of those like if there's people out there that and i'm not to tell people what to do but if there are a couple that you can like make take profit on that might not be a bad idea because who knows what's going to happen they're going to if they meant a thousand of these things like do prices come way down on them i don't know um alternatively who knows maybe they maybe this is the price of them or maybe it's higher i don't know I think with like see the the rebrand like the play page thing we got yesterday or today I lose my mind today. Um, the rookie league's been changed to the casual league, which I think is a, a little telltale sign of an omen of you know how they want that soft kind of onboarding process to maybe happen going forward. So I think limited is going to be where everyone comes to shop first. You know going forward, no one's going to know any different. You know um, it's kind of like the same with matrixes when we went from the old one to the new one. Everyone who came in the new one didn't know anything about the old one. It was no, made no bearing on our decisions or our strategies or anything. And it will be the same unlimited. If we double in users, that means half the user base doesn't know anything different from what they see in front of them today, you know, and that would be limited or the cheapest and easiest to get cards first. Let me get some of them and, and feel my way around and learn the ropes. I think one of the things that a lot of people ignore about limited prices is that there are so many people comparing them to rare cards and super rares and so many of the new people playing aren't even looking at rare card prices so it's they don't even know what the multiple is in terms of like am i overpaying for this limited card based on the rare card price like most people if you're new and you're like all right this is the price that i'm paying for limited cards like that's all you know and so there's no reason to be like oh the rare card is only 2x this not 10x Maybe I should get that. And it's like, no, they're they're just looking, how much does this yellow one cost? All right, all right I'll pay it, I guess. Yeah. And like, they're going from there. I, it's like there were so many people who were like, oh, there's a huge buying opportunity for rare cards because some of them are really undervalued next to the limiteds. And it's like, I'm not sure the gap between limited and rare is the same as like rare to super rare. And and even that's not 10X, you know, it's like super rares are are lower than that. But I don't know. I feel like there's just too many people who are only looking at one scarcity that comparing them to a, a different scarcity just like doesn't work. 
it's it's weird right now. Like a lot of the primo cards are just like like the the limiteds are like half. It seems like yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, there's a big difference, but for like a, a Benzema or a Depay for point three <clears throat> versus what point three gets you for a rare. So even though you've got that direct comparison of oh well, what's a rare Benzema. You've also got the comparison of what does your money actually get you, you know, because some people don't look at it and go, oh, well, I'll just double my output to get the rare. You know, some people just are like, well, this is what I have. You know, what's the best thing I can go get my hands on? Oh, look, there's Messi for half a coin. I've got half a coin. Oh, crap, I need a goalkeeper, you know, and then, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, you know, that's that, that's the way people work. They want to get the, the stuff that they can have fun with and enjoy. They know, you know, Benzema, whatever. Is there anything more demoralizing than buying a goalkeeper? No. <laughs> Didn't we be asking you? <laughs> yeah, I bought one today. And it was just like the saddest thing I've ever done. I was like, oh, I guess I'll put an offer out there on a guy that whatever. I think uh, I think winning goalkeepers are is like so not exciting. And yet it's probably best because then you don't have to go through the whole thing of buying. Like you're not actually yeah, using uh, like your hard-earned ethereum to buy a goalie but if you win one you're just like ah oh, man but you're like but i do need one and i can use this guy and at least i don't have to actually spend I money on it. i saw someone the other day want a star rare and it was uh simon mignola and uh they were they were like so disappointing i'm like eh, it's I, a think, goalie. I think the the reason that was so bad is that it was a podium was it and I'd oh, be yeah. bummed. <laughs> I just challenger. I don't no, know. I don't I think it was global all star. I think it was oh, last global midweek. Sucks. I think it was midweek oh, only week. because I feel like the midweek prizes are always worse, and everybody complains that they're worse. And yet, I mean, it's, it's a card that's worth point five ish, point five five maybe. I don't know. It's not a bad price when you put it like that. I know, right? <laughs> Like, yeah. you can probably instantly sell it for, for 0.5. Right. Not that's true. Off. I like winning goalkeepers, personally. I, um, I, I've won two that springs to mind. I won a Kaylor Navas, which was great fun Ooh, up until wow. recently. Um, I, I, I parted with him in my Camavinga deal when I got my rare Camavinga. He was part of that. Yeah. And uh, I won a Kim Sung-gyu, who plays for Kashiwa Reso in the J-League. And he has been flirting with relegation all season. But as soon as I won him, I was like, brilliant. No matter what, for the rest of my breathing life, I will have a goalkeeper for Global All Star Division Four, <laughs> and Kim Sung Gyu because there's no point selling him, you know, for point one five or whatever he goes for. He plays every week. He's a Korea number one. It turns out I've only learned that recently. Um, but apparently, he plays some international football, and that win, like I think that might have been a tier one or something. But I was really happy to win that. I was like, Brian, I don't need to spend point one five on a lifer of a All Star Four goalkeeper. Yeah, the uh, yeah, Minule was for second in global all star D4 and a midweek. Our boy Cal Rippon won. Uh, yeah, D4. yeah, midweek D4 sore, especially D4 podium. Um, that is sore. Mor- Morioka was one, Minule was two. Yeah, <laughs> I know Morioka is worth more, I just don't know how much more, but like 0. Yeah. 0.7 or 0. 0.8 or something. I'm not sure you're getting them for that cheap anymore. Oh, but he's that, but that was first place. I first place should get the best one. Yeah. So I get it. Um, 
The... Let me ask you this, Laird. If, if you did sell your gallery and restart again, would you get more European cards than you currently have? Or or maybe should I ask, would you get less MLS cards than you currently have? Yes, I have way too many MLS cards. And I would love to sell them. And I'm really hoping that waiting until January and February works out. But so, mostly because I don't want to sell low now. So would you would you would you buy Champion American cards? Would you just buy all Monero or River Plate? Oh. Or what would you do? That's a good question. I yeah, I probably would. I, Which I would avoid MLS probably. Yeah. Uh, Monero the Monero stack is just absurd. Like it it feels like it works every time. Yeah. And even when they have like a bad game week, you're still getting a card. Like that's what's so crazy about it, and they the guy the the it guys just feels who like they never concede a goal ever. Uh, I I have a limited stack, so I can assure you they do now concede <laughs> goals. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but if you get the goalie and you know Arana and Alonso, like they always play. Hulk pretty much always plays when he's fit, and he's usually fit. And you know it's just they're just consistent, and that's what's nice about it. River Plate who I've had much longer tend to rotate a little bit more, but, or my, all my guys get hurt, but it feels but yes, like they all get hurt. Yeah. I would it's definitely buy more European cards and like, I'd buy more super rares. Like that was one of the things that people told me early on. They were like, once you, you're going to get to a point where you you should be buying super rares. And I was like, I know, I know I'll get it. And then like, once you start buying them, you're just like, Oh, this is actually, it's like a reasonable step up. And at least as of today, you only need two of them to like move into D3. And I mean, technically you don't need any, but like, I think as of today, right. As of today, but you, I don't know. I just think, yeah, I would buy more European cards. I'd buy more super rares and yeah, I probably would buy some MLS cards, but I just like overloaded on MLS when I started because it was what I knew and they were cheap because it was the off season when I, when I joined, but yeah, there there is something nice about just having all of those like MLS depth cards. I don't know. That's how I see them. It's like I'm not gonna. Pro I probably won't spend more money on buying MLS players ever. Maybe I don't know. Maybe like I might sell some of my rares to buy a super rare or something. But I'm not yeah. gonna like put money in to to upgrade my MLS guys. Um, but but it is just nice to kind of have that depth. Like oh, it's a midweek. Oh, I can submit a team. Great. It might be a crap team, but it makes me feel better inside. Like I have a team and they're in there. I think the benefit yeah. also is that you're obviously covered for the summer and yeah. not having depth in the summer hurts. So maybe, I mean, my guess is I would spend all my money on the European cards and then this summer I'd be like, oh crap, I, I got to go buy some MLS cards. <laughs> so you're, you'd be buying goalkeepers in March for, for one ETH? Yeah, for one ETH, yeah. <laughs> Give me that Jimmy Maurer or Joe Willis at 1.3 and... Uh, <laughs> I'll do it. Quinny, oh, didn't you win a oh, special edition, Maurer? Or did you come up? No, did I you didn't. just miss it? I don't think. Um, I see the goalkeeper special weekly. I think he was the number one prize, but it was like, wasn't it like top 200 to get a goalkeeper or something? Yeah, top 200. That. Yeah, was it? Yeah, I, I didn't enter out of honor, you know, because it wasn't for me. It was for all the noobs, you know. So I abstained from competition. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> so no, I didn't win it. Hmm. Actually, uh, maybe that was that week, but yeah. But see, yeah. one thing I've noticed from listening to you guys and just kind of what you were saying there, Black, like that's the way I kind of look at my, I've got a, probably about half my gallery, usually MLS if you were to dissect it open, 
And when MLS first onboarded with the platform, I was still quite new and I wasn't like, you know, a lot of the success I've had has been in line with the platform and ETH and trades and players and whatever. But back when MLS came out, I was just riding on my actual, the, the pound coins in my wallet. And when I was buying the MLS guys, I, I was like, getting it was more of an accumulative point thing. Yep. Um, and it, that that kind of strategy kind of went away from me for a while when I was getting like supers and European cards were hot and I was picking up like Nunez's and the Mecca's and all that stuff. But it's kind of coming back to me now when the platform has grown so much and I'm like, I do pretty well, you know, don't get me wrong, but <clears throat> I'm nowhere near, for lack of a better term, as powerful in SO5 this um, October as I was last October just because of sheer headcount, you know. Going into yeah. a competition of 300 people is much, yeah. much different than one of 3,000, you know. Um, and I'm now actually really glad I've got all these MLS guys because I'm like, brilliant. I can happily be patient with all these guys. I know them inside out. I've had some of them for two seasons. I've had mm -hmm. most of them for one, or a lot of them for one, the Supers. And then next season, I know, just like you said there, Black, I know what, as soon as that door opens and the season kicks off, I know who's hot. I know who's in a good team, who should start the season well. And when you've when you can get and this is what I was kind of saying when listening to you guys recently, when you can get those cards to win you European cards, then you know that's the that's the badge of honor, that's the pat in the back you want, you know. Yeah, for sure. Cool ball star. For sure. <laughs> my fa my favorite thing ever is uh, I think you were pretty new to the platform, but there was a game week where it was the the I think it was the week George Floyd got uh, murdered, um, or whatever. I don't want to get all political, oh, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was the the game week where um i think one mls game played on like a wednesday night and then uh all the games after that were um basically canceled because on, the teams yeah. were pro uh protesting and that one game counted and you entered a team in division one with like three rare cards that played <laughs> that first that first game week and you came in like second or third or something I think yeah, you won like a star, a star card or something really good. I won a super relative blessing from that. It was like okay. two cards. It was like Alan Cruz got like twenty points or something, and uh, <laughs> somebody else like garbage. Like that's that was a caliber of card I was knocking about with, and I won a super. I couldn't believe it. But yeah, it was that's like wild. Wild. it was like everyone walked off the pitch or something. Half the games didn't get played. It was like yeah. um, I think me and you were chatting about this, um, like maybe about um, maybe about three four months ago. And I went and I looked it up, and I'm actually just thinking, I'm quite certain I might have committed it to memory. I want to say it was like game week, was it maybe 85. Something That's like pretty that. cool. Matt in chat was the one that got first that week. Do you remember Ooh. what you do? You remember what you won, Matt? Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Oh, Matt. Matt here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Neymar super. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a house with it. Aye, oh, Jesus, imagine. Well, this like, week yeah, was, like, was it All Star that went like Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, or Messi, Mbappe, Neymar? Is it All Star D three maybe? Was it? it was it All Stars? The ones that just happened this past weekend, game week. It's like those three superstars. To that's why you want. To, that's why you use hot MLS cards in All Star, so you can win Messi. Agreed. Somebody said recently. I, I want to say I got. It was either Quinny Europe Pro, uh, Procast or Nellis. I think it was the one. I think it was yours with Sean, actually, with PSU. There aren't any like 
dominant, dominant teams in MLS, like we see like Minero or Ajax or something like that. But it does have like dominant players in it, like Carlos Hill and Vela used mm -hmm. to be. And like, if you can have those guys <laughs> in an all-star, like you don't need, yeah. you don't need like full MLS teams to compete, to win those like top tier European cards. I'd, I'd argue a little bit that new England this year has been just fully dominant, but for the most part, I agree with that statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Completely. And again, that was the kind of initial MLS stream, you know, when it first came on the platform, it was Joseph Martinez, Vela, they were the two biggies when it first came on, you know, and it was like, yeah, if I can get a team with like those two guys up front every week and then like find the hot midfielder, I got a Zella Ryan quite quickly and uh, I think like Lodero was seen definitely, Carlos Hill did kind of come from left field and a lot, not a lot of people expected him to be as good as he is, you know, coming um, from, I, I don't think they got him from Villa, I think they got him from Spain. But anyway, yeah. but that was like, yeah, a lot of people will be buying all the European cards when those players come on. But if you've got Joseph and Vela up front, nobody's messing with you, you know. The the weird thing, though, at the time, uh, uh, Joseph had an ACL injury and it was pretty, yes. pretty widely known he was out for the year. And people were paying for like buying him like he was not injured. And then Vela was out for the MLS's back tournament because he, I, I think he didn't want COVID exposure or something. Yeah. I think his wife was pregnant and having a baby, if I remember correctly. Um, so both of those players were like selling like, like for really high amounts and neither of them played in the MLS's back tournament. So that tournament was really interesting. And now they don't play. Or, well, Vela doesn't. Joseph yeah. turned out to be okay. Joseph, I think they said trained with the first team uh, this morning. And should be in line to play this week. We'll see. I did say I don't think he was really that injured recently. I think they seen the international schedule coming up and all that. Joseph, you're going to need to, you know, write a sick <laughs> note and send it down to Venezuela, buddy, because we need to get to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, hopefully, Quinny's... hopefully they make it. I'm I'm banking pretty hard on Atlanta right now. Yeah, Quinny keeps he winning these Barco card that he has. That he, maybe you don't even want Joseph back. I always see that Barca oh, no. super rare that you got Quinny, and I'm jealous, man. Yeah. Well, I am. Well, again, I was kind of chatting this with somebody recently, but a lot of the super rares I managed to pick up, like the Barco and a bunch of other ones. Like, again, it kind of comes into some of the stuff we were saying. It was kind of in line with what you were asking me earlier on, layered in terms of like flips or whatever. But I'm always like really happy to spend patience, is kind of the way I think of it to myself, where it's like, I know this guy's going to sit on the shelf for like three months. But now is a great time to buy them, you know, for whatever reason. And those cards, when they pay off, I love to shout about it because it's just like, yes, I've earned this big time because I've sat on this fucker, you know, since January yeah. or whatever. And it's taken till, you know, August or something for these 80s to be rocking in and bring them on, you know. <laughs> um, so Do you I have love people that ask you about them? Do you have people asking you about like random cards you buy like that or that seemingly look random? Like, do you think people are like, oh, wait, Quinny must know something. But you're like, actually, I can just wait four months and be okay with it. Um, To be, on uh, to be honest with you, no. I don't really... Wait, do, do you mean, do people say, oh, i seen you bought that card, what's the scoop? That kind of thing? Yeah. No, not really, I suppose. Um, It's a wee bit different for me because I'm like, you know, most of my content is just like, look at what I'm doing right now, you know, or look what I did yesterday. So I kind of lay out most of the time. Um. But yeah, sometimes if people, because between videos, sometimes I get some people and I'm like, how the fuck do you know that I've bought that? <laughs> you know, they do kind of ask sometimes, but it's not something that happens frequently, to be honest with you. That's fair. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, so we have got the uh, Akinola Super Rare was America uh, D3. Back in uh, game week ninety three, Quinny, that was the yeah the special one. I think it looks kind of oh, messed up if you look. Yeah, it looks kind of messed up if you look at it in so rare data because that's back when they still had like the power caps and everything. I tried scrolling back, but my computer was um, playing about. I didn't want to take the risk. But uh, game week ninety three was it? Um, back when so rare, uh, uh, you think that was back? Nothing <laughs> back then. Don't worry about it. We've changed since then. Yeah. <laughs> I had an I had an Akinola super rare. I was really glad to see the back of him when I sold him because um, I, I kind of listened to like hype on him. I hadn't really seen him play too much. It actually, kind of taught me a wee bit of a lesson. But I hadn't seen too much of him play. It was just kind of highlights, and everyone kind of rated him. But um, he had a bit of an injury, whatever. Started the season kind of okay, scoring some goals and whatever. But I watched him twice, and I was like, I do not like this player. Like I can I I just know I. Uh, I need to sell this super rare, and thank God he was scoring goals, and I could do that and make some profit. I didn't, I wasn't greedy on it. I think I maybe bought it for about a third of a coin, maybe sold it for half a coin, something like that. But that was an interesting little lesson because that was the first time I'd ever had a card, and I was like, "Shit, I own this guy's card. Like, <laughs> this guy is a bad player. Like, I've watched him; he's not a good guy. You know that that's what's going through my head. I'm like, I own this guy's super rare. What is going on? Like, I need to get this shit to Toronto. You know, so. Who who was I don't that? Know where that came from, but Akinola. No, yeah, not not a fan. But I've also been a very vocal critic of Musa Diaby, who plays for Leverkusen, and he's having a pretty good season. But I have that same vibe with him. Whenever I watch him, I'm like, this guy is not a good player. I don't like him. But he bangs in scores, so what do I know? So you have a, a coaching background, and yes. I was wondering if you look at you watch players who may not be that great in SO5, but you watch them play and you're just like, no, this kid can play. And do you buy cards based off of your own like physical scouting like that? Uh, yeah. And on the old scouting, uh, on the old scoring matrix, it definitely didn't work for me at all. Um, but in the new scoring matrix, you, you know, you need somebody to have a really bad, if they're a starting player, you need somebody to have a really bad game for them to be like a handicap on your game week, you know? If somebody has a good player and they play okay, you're going to get, what, 45 points plus a multiplier. 
you know, like if you know that's kind of what you're getting at someday, I say it's not you're you're never gonna win, you know, number one spot, but it can get you going. Um but uh, so yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess I've I've done that quite a bit, but Yes, watching players is very important to me. I watch a lot of football and I'm trying to watch more, which is great fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, watching players is definitely a big part of like, yes, I'm buying this guy. I bought the Celtic guys like Jota, Kyogo uh, and uh, Giamakis. I hadn't seen any of them play. Um, but the same for Celtic, I was like, I have to just dive in blind on these ones and go and get them because it's, a, you know, don't have any more cards. You have to, yeah. I get it. Celtic. Not to change the, the topic, but... What was your guys' first impression this morning when you woke up and you looked at the new uh, game center thing? The whatever I don't know what we what we even call it the the place that play you page. submit a lineup. Yeah, play page. There you go. That's what they're calling it. Um, I I really liked it. Um, I thought it for, my very first glance of it. Um, somebody shared a tweet of it. The first person can I see it? I, I suppose. And I thought it was mirror divisions. I thought what they'd done is basically made it like seeing that you've seen like all-star and all-star pro i thought both of them would have been like d4 like kind of tournaments where it's like rares only and maybe one had like the top half of the prize pool and the other one had the bottom half of the prize pool you know like i, I don't know say, say there's 200 rewards in d4 this week you know the top 100 tiers would have been in one in the bottom 100 and the other and maybe that encourages people to play like good rares and the good one and shit rare. So anyway, I kind of spoke about that somewhere before. And when I seen that, that's what I thought was going on. But obviously it isn't. <laughs> it's just a facelift. I unfortunately saw the responses to the redesign before I saw the actual redesign. So I think I was, um, I was skewed a little bit. And to be honest, I haven't even tried to set teams yet so that the... I haven't used it yet, so I don't want to like say I like it or not. I will say that one of the one of the responses I saw was that it like I do the way that I do my own lineups when I put them in. I basically build everything in the SoRare data um, lineup builder, but then I go into SoRare. But when I do it, I always do it by region. So I'll do like all my America teams first, and then I'll do my U twenty threes, and then I'll do like that's just the way that I've been. And it's easy to like go from region to region on the site, but I just happen to like do it by region itself. And now it's by scarcity, which will just take me to getting used to. But like I have to go like from one screen to do my America D4 and then a different one to, for D3 and then a yeah. different one for D2 where it used to all be together. But I don't know. I guess I'll just get used to it. Yeah. yeah. I, I you you're up, Quinny. You're the guest. Yeah, go oh, ahead. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, once you get past like the the face of it, it's the exact same as before. Like the actual setting team part has not changed a lick. It's the exact same. Um, but other than D two, see when you, or see D four and D three, they're basically all on that rare page. So you've basically just got every D four and D three together. I knocked about with it earlier and uh, just kind of before we came on tonight. And yeah, I actually found it quite slick to be honest with you. Um. Uh, actually quite yeah and then the limiteds are on their whole own little bit and i think that that's kind of nice as well in its own way gives them their own kind of like what's what's your guys's thoughts on having all-star and all-star pro and under 23 and under 23 pro like the the pro uh delineation 
I hate it. <laughs> I really I don't like it. Like I, I really don't like calling people who have more expensive cards professionals. Like there can be very amateur people who own super rare cards that are now allowed to play in pro and just pro just like, just it's not a positive connotation in my head. I just don't feel like it really describes anything. It doesn't really like, what does that even mean? What is this? There's all star and all star pro. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I never I thought about that. I, I agree that it doesn't describe it. And I feel like a lot of this is meant to help new people. Like, I think I was coming coming to you earlier, Black. Like it, it feels like it was made for people who have never seen so rare before. And I think because we're so used to it that it's like such a drastic change and we're like, oh, this is terrible. And none of us have the ability to say, like, I've never seen this before. Do I understand it? And I think people might understand it. I don't but I don't know, because I I'm old and I don't like change. I actually don't mind change. I, I, old people don't like change. I think I, I I don't I think most people are uh, cha change like right away. Like when they first see it, they're gonna be uh, kind of against it. But I think I think that the I think the new changes like could build on me over time. But I, I before I even like make a judgment on it, I need to set lineups in it. Like to just see like how 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 usable it is how uh the actual utility and functionality of it i need to see that before i like really make a judgment so i really haven't said anything about it and i'm not gonna say too much until i actually start using it is there a screen that i guess if we haven't used it but like can you see everything that you've entered on one screen no no so like the dream isn't alive yeah we still need that someday I just no, no no but I just mean like what they had previously where it was like you know all the list on the left side and it's like you have four teams here th three teams here two but now I do I actually have to go to like each tab to see if I've entered everything My guess is once you enter yes. them they show up on the left pane or something maybe not I don't know yeah, If anybody in chat has actually like, set lots of lineups that would be helpful It's like a green box around the thing that's all it does and then you can bin it or edit it like before but it's just now got set a different location but um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't aggregate it for you anywhere, or give you an overview, or anything mm. like that. Training. The price pool is kind of good. The way it breaks down now as well, because the, the the price pool page it gives you a good overview of like the total amount of cards payout, the amount of ETH on the podium, that kind of thing. That's a nice little page. Yeah, that kind of is it. Way up. Average teams, you know. Does it? Does it matter though? Maybe not. How much ETH is paid out? Well, depends. Like, so sometimes, like, I'll have a, I'll have an under twenty three D four, and I might not have that much confidence in it. But maybe three of those cards are challenger cards, and then I'll maybe go right. Okay, well, what challenger guys aren't selected for global? And then it's like, okay, well, these three under twenty three guys actually could go better with these challenger guys. The challenger podiums a wee bit better. Suppose if it's going to hit, it's going to hit, it's going to hit. Um, so sometimes, like, yeah, sometimes that will kind of sway me between something like that because I don't, I don't fill every D4, I don't fill every D3, you know. Right. Selling a couple of goalkeepers, like I did a few months ago, was kind of self enforced upon me for some of the trading stuff we we're talking about earlier, but also it 
thank what it's kind of done is it's limited me. I now do two less lineups every game week, guaranteed because I just don't have the goalkeepers for it. And as a result, what do you think is what happened to the quality of my lineups now that I have less of them? Quantity quality is always better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a kind of self-imposed like kind of thing, huh. you know. So I need to do that. Yeah, you do. I stumbled into it. <laughs> so when you were talking earlier about buying a keeper, I was kind of thinking, I'm doing that as well, but I've just sold some, and I'm kind of like, like almost like a junkie, like, I need another rare goalkeeper. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, no, don't you do You need to buy more, like, backup goalkeepers, because then you know the lineup's dead, so you don't enter it. Yeah, so I, I do need more backup goalkeepers. Do you, this is a good question, do you handcuff any of your goalkeepers? Uh, I have handcuffed Sean Johnson by just kind of accident, just by having a bunch of barazas. Yeah. Um, and wait, a bunch I, of barazas? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got like four or something. I bought a bunch of them for like ages ago. Yeah. No, I only ever bought them for a training goalkeeper. I, I, you know, yeah. every time I was buying them, was it was for no other reason than he's eight pound or whatever. He'll go into training, and I'm surprised you didn't flip them during the gold cup. Nah. Nope. He was always bought again when I buy something that's got an intention most of the time. He was bought to be a training goalkeeper. So unless he's unless he became a first teamer and he's going for a coin or something, different story, you know. But gotcha. him going up to point one when he was point oh one, you know, that doesn't move the needle for me. He's yeah, a training goalkeeper. But otherwise, no. Garbage was kind of a handcuff with all black, but like it wasn't that wasn't really why I bought him. It was more kind of like you should get a loan or transfer or something. Um I don't well, mean, I tell you I what, I would, I, would, I would love to be able to buy uh, uh, Fabianski's uh, handcuff right now. I think that, that I think he's Areola. Lucas. Yeah, Ariola. And it, what's weird is he he was on PSG last year, but I guess he was like third or fourth choice or something. So like they didn't make a card, or maybe he was no, he was loaned he out was to Lee, uh, Fulham. 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 That's right. Yeah. That is kind of a bummer Never that they didn't, in. like, blast a few out before he left. Yeah, that would have been nice. I know. He's highly thought of. Andy was at Real Madrid before that, you know, so we've just missed him twice, kind of. Yeah. And I, I, I'm pretty sure, like, he's he's going to get all the Europa League games. Like, that's what I think. Probably. I think that we'll see him play Thursday because uh, he played last Europa League game. And I think that uh, Fabianski will still play league games for now, but that could transition at some point, too. Who knows? Yeah, that's good to know. I'm playing Vlasic. You've been using Vlasic in midweeks. Yeah, I think he's a Europa. I, I think you know they spent a lot of money on him. They spent like what thirty million, twenty five million pounds. Wow, yeah, like yeah, yeah. So I, I think he's going to do the, the the Lingard role for them when he settles in. You know, because you know they lose, they lose Lingard to bring in Vlasic, and Lingard yeah. was very influential for them. He so, was. you know, I think it'll come good. So, again, a card like that, when he moves to West Ham, I don't sell him because I've got a wee bit of faith in what I'm reading in the situation. So, hopefully, you know, that works out. But I like the fact he does play Europa League and it's a wee bit yeah. of a pattern I can follow for now. For sure. For sure. I'm in awe of your, like, patience on players, Quinny. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm like very patient. Um, yeah. I, I think I said this before I was kind of cutting out, but I've had so many, like I say so many, maybe about three or four experiences in my like, professional life where there's been like a bubble situation. There's been like some sort of like emerging market that I'm, I've become involved in somehow or I've starting a company and things are going great and they go even better. You know, that can, you know, I've had a few situations in it or it's maybe like I've maybe been like six months late to something or 
I'd found something five years after and I thought, oh, Jesus, man, imagine I started working here at this time. I've, you know, that kind of thing. So with those kind of little life experiences I've got in the back of my head, like I feel little little bells going off when was so rare. See when we're getting like periods of like boom or growth or whatever, I'm like, yeah, it just kind of affirms what I think. But when I'm trying to make little moves and strategies and having patience with people, I'm always just, I'm FOMOing myself in advance. Like the thing I always kind of use as an example for this is like the Memphis Depay I've got costs £120. If I sold that today for like a lot of money, right, that's great and I could go, you know, do whatever with it, right? But if in four years from now, so rare is what I think it will be or what it could be, that amount of money that I get for it today is inconsequential to, against what it could be doing, having done for me, could be worth, you know, at said point in time. So I kind of formal, I've kind of future FOMO myself in, uh, today, if that makes sense, into having patience. Because I'm like, no, I know this guy's good. He's solid. He does this. He does that. The pie's an easy example. I've got a few other crapper ones that haven't worked out. But, um, <laughs> you know, so I kind of force myself into patience with some of these guys in particular. Some of them I, you know, I change my mind on, of course, like everyone does. Hmm. Future FOMO. I like it. I like it. Yeah. If you believe in that kind of thing, you know, in terms of where the platform could be and all that kind of stuff, you know, the, the targets they have, the objectives they have. If you go along with that, then, you know, I was trying to think, would I regret not having that in two years from now, in a year from now, whatever. When I bought All Black, I bought All Black the day before the the XP um, penalty for a transfer came in. And I'd been kind of weighing up All Black for ages and then they'll let right, as of tomorrow, if you buy a card from the secondary market, it gets an XP, like, slash. And I thought, right, who have I been messing about with for ages that I know is a card I will want for, like, no messing about. I have to make a big, big purchase. And it has to be one that I can do in good conscience, sleep at night. And I know it wasn't just a rash purchase or whatever. And that, and that was all black. And again, like, even no matter what his price does, it doesn't, it doesn't move the needle. He was bought to be, like, a forever goalkeeper that can do virtually anything champion euro global whatever um and again part of him was like you know for the next five years like a goalkeeper of that level will always have a solid value to me for gameplay you know um and yeah so back buying goal patience yeah <laughs> but goalkeepers is such a, is a purchase that really isn't that exciting but it's a massive like kind of monkey off the back when you're making like a good one for example like an all black or I, I remember when people were buying manually ahead of the season this season and last season he's a big he's a big goalkeeper to get for a full season ahead you know but those big goalkeeper purchases they really do make the difference on consistency for you consistently pick up tier twos tier threes oh you did great you got a tier one or oh, you did great you got a star rare tier two tier two tier one tier three you need a goal you need good capable goalkeepers to achieve that you know that plays in the and, middle um, too is is very nice yeah. very sweet yeah totally um so i i think like, i've never wanted to mess about with goalkeepers and get ones that are iffy they're either like a backup goalkeeper training goalkeeper maybe be sold later or this guy plays and he's in my so5 like makeup um, there's no kind of middle ground where, oh, he might get the job next week. And then if he gets the job next week and he does really well and he keeps a clean sheet, then maybe. So you don't own Ospina <laughs> or Merit? I don't own Ospina. I won a Merit and I sold him as quick as I possibly could. <laughs> um, because I was just like, I do not want this headache in my life. I don't, I've heard all about it. <laughs> I do not want, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> 
I was commenting something today that the card that I have on uh, Sora Data is like my the card that's won me the most rewards is a goalie, and <laughs> John Nellis now uh, coming into the chat because his is also a goalie, except I own the card now. Love it. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, yours not a oh, so your high yielding card is also a goalkeeper that's not a Dan. Correct. Yours a Dan also. Oh, cool. The the card that I've won the most cards or most rewards with is Franco Armani, oh. the River Plate goalie. And nice. I, yeah, John's still a little bitter. I can't read what he said uh, for I those who are the version audio this year. But, but he, yeah, I like the card so much. I have his limited now, too. Nice. Did he do all right today? No. Or did he concede three? No, he's conceded one, but it wasn't enough. You know, like. Yeah. It was dead after that point. Yeah. Coates had the 97 those, or whatever it was. But those goalkeepers, you roll with the punches with them, you know? Yeah. I remember but, when you bought that. Did you win our money or did you buy him? I remember you getting him. He was a uh, referral reward. Oh, Back man. before um, they decided that wasn't before cool got Although I will say, so the reason <laughs> this came up today is because I noticed part of the redesign for on the site was, uh, I mean, they, they changed like the, uh, the referral page recently, they turned the button green, which I was like, Oh, okay. But also what you can see now is exactly which card you get for the person that you referred. And, um, I, the guy who, so we were always like, people were guessing like if the referral reward that you got was based on how much they spent. And there was like kind of these, theories that that was the case. And then so we're like kind of confirmed it. And now I don't know what they do now, but the guy who I referred, who allowed me to get that card has spent plenty of money on so rare. So I actually didn't like, like I was lucky to get that card, but also so rare has made plenty of money from that guy. That's all. Nice. But it is nice to not have to buy a goalkeeper. I've just looked at mine, right? And uh, I had a wee bit of a glitch with my code at some point to change systems and whatever, the way the codes all worked and whatever. And um, I've got John signed up on my codes, right? And um, he's uh, he's under a fair a friend code. And I've just clicked on that page because you mentioned it. Do you know what card? You're going to laugh your ass off of this. Do you know what card I got technically from so rare for, um, or not technically, they gave me it, um, for referring John onto the platform? Adan? It's an it's an MLS card. Oh, Don't laugh your ass off! I'll give you a guess. Barco? No. Oh. Wrong type. I'll laugh your ass off. <laughs> Barraza? <laughs> no. Eric Hurtado. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> but barely a thank he is you. Now, he's he's now in the hands of Pavel Trader, um, so <laughs> doing his thing. He he seems well. to eat up all those types of cards. Uh, well, he did once upon a time. Not mine. I sent him two offers today, and he declined. He instantly declined both of them. I'm not blocked, though. I know I'm not blocked because I don't have the message on there. But they were pretty good offers for a goalkeeper that does not play. I was trying to handcuff a. I bought Paul Lopez today, and I was trying to handcuff him with Mandana. And I don't know. I felt like I sent two good offers and just instantly declined. It's like, okay, you can hold on to him, buddy. <laughs> Must be nice to be able to send him offers. Yeah. Yeah, you're blocked, aren't you? 
I am. Tell us the tale of being blocked by Pile Trader. I, th- there's not even really a tale. Like, I yeah, just, you sent him too many shit offers, is what you did. I, I, I honestly, I mean, I must have at some point, which is funny because I was telling somebody like I tended not to do that. Like, it wasn't much of a quality quantity over quantity, but obviously, I did something at some point that offended whatever card I was trying to buy. And yeah, I can no longer send offers to Pablo. Ouch. John Nellis is, <laughs> John Nellis is talking about the CDK on auction tonight. I was, I was like, I woke up this morning saying I was going to buy that card. And then you did. I did. Yeah. I was, I said, I'm, I'm going to buy Ooh. this card. Cause I have, I've got a Noah Lang super rare. I'll put them together and I'll, you know, I'll win every U23 reward from here on out. But um, I don't know. Laird and I got to talking, and he talked me out of it. He got whoa, me off the ledge. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that is not even remotely close to what happened. <laughs> it's pretty close to what happened. I said, I said, tell me not to buy this card. And yes. you were like, don't buy the card. And I was like, You were like, okay. convince me not to buy this card because I should not buy this card. And I gave yeah. you some truths about CDK, and now who knows? Yeah. Oh, Nellis got. I've been talked out of buying. I've been talked out of buying two cards, and I regretted it both times. Been talked out of buying. Yeah, yeah, I've said that right. Sorry. One was a super rare Zielinski back in like November or something like that, ages ago, because it was just less choice. Um, and obviously that backfires. So he's been doing pretty good. <clears throat> uh, the other one was in the off season. I was going around the doors chatting to everyone who owned a card, and then a few people you can probably guess who who kind of know the club and whatever to get a, a kind of take on with. They thought this season would happen. Is Nabi Keita or Nabi Keita? And if you've seen who scored the goal tonight and how well he's been doing this year, I'm fucking kicking myself. I went round and I said to Mark, you know, we're calling a few other people. I was like, I fancy him this year and all the rest of it. And a few people were just too much like, oh, maybe I'll be a bit of And Mark was kind of on the fence as well. And I was like, oh, well, if he's not, he's he's a guy that should know. And now it's popping yeah. off. I mentioned the day. I was like, oh, but Nabi Keita, eh? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Super Rare was point like, three like two months ago. It looks like uh, John, you had a, you had a bid on uh, CDK for two point four, and somebody outbid you at two point six. Better less than two minutes later, like you better stick another bid in there, bud. Go get it now. You just looking out. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near it. That's too much. Hmm. How is it? For me. Yeah, when it gets over two for a super rare, like that's when you start to... The, the biggest waste of ETH I've ever had in my life so far is Ki Sung Young. I spent 1.6 ETH on him, and that has just been burned, man. Like, when he first came on the platform... Tell me it was a uni. These, no, it was a super. Um, but when he first came on the platform, his last five was 70. He just went back to Korea after being in Europe for ages, and it looked like he was going to be like a senior level. And then I don't think he's had a 70 since. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, when it gets when it gets to that kind of level for for supers, kind of what I seen earlier on with like the Akinola, sometimes when it just gets to that, like, I still get like, oh, I'm like, oh, should I be doing this? Is this the right move? I put a lot of pressure on myself. We're chatting about this and chatting and whatever, but I put a lot of pressure on myself to make like the the best move I possibly can. Too often, and it, um, so yeah, so over two ETH for a CDK, it needs to pay off, man. It needs to come it's good. two point. It's like two point six now. Like yeah, next, next bid, next, next bid's like two point nine or three. Yeah. yeah. Got a big rep, but he's looking go. good. Five hours to go. John will be awake. He's in air traffic control all night. <laughs> John will be awake. He'll be on that sniping there you it. Go. 
Oh, so yeah. Paris says you can grab a truly elite U23 super rare mid for that price. That's uh, it's exactly the conversation we we're having there, Black. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, I it should was. get CDK. No, plenty of others. <laughs> yeah. Just sell your gallery and then you can get, then you can pay for the CDK one. I can just buy uniques. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't really. You can yeah. buy the, the crummy uniques because nobody wants to sell the good ones. Did no, you see no. the Richie Delat unique? They went for 0.5 the other day. I did. That was an absolute stolen card, I felt yeah. like. Everyone would, would have bet, anyone would have bidded on that. Like, that's a solid pickup, yeah. you know, even for yeah. a year. Yeah, I mean, that's great, you know. You do so much with it. Well, Joe. Yeah. Um, to go back to all of us selling our galleries, what type of event would would you need to have from like a um i don't know business perspective from so rare for you to want to sell your gallery and freak out and say i gotta sell it all like something they would do negative or sure i i'm pretty sure that i would go down like, with I the ship think, play the I violin i would respond to something negative quickly enough to be able to sell my gallery like i think i would just be in the same boat of like everybody wanting to sell right, right. and so like i can't say that like if they went to like single scarcity divisions i don't think i'd be like oh then i'm out yeah and i'm not sure like what i don't think i can't think of like what decision they would make that wouldn't that would make me think like i gotta get out without everybody thinking that and obviously everybody thinking I got to get out would be really bad for all. That's when you buy, right? When there's blood in the streets. <laughs> yeah. That's what they say. I'm all about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm all about that. <laughs> Quinn is uh -huh. going to be holding the bag, but he's okay with it. It's that patience. So yeah. rare patience. It's all about the patience, man. I call it the Kansas City Shuffle, you know? So when everyone's looking at the, the nice new shiny cards that are coming out, I'm going and buying the cards that are out of season that day. I love you know, it. like. Yeah, have you seen Lucky Number Seven? That's the, that's where the references from. If you get it, I don't know. Long time ago, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a class movie, man. Um, but like, I picked up um, Ivan Illich the, like two days after I got married, and it was like you know last season. It was in a bundle. It was a super rare, blah blah blah. That day, like I can't remember who came on, but somebody got new season cards, or somebody just onboarded, and uh, this auction was just like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, oh, brilliant, man! If I can get this for under half a coin, I'm laughing, and I did. And I was like. And that, you know, I like that kind of thing as well, where everyone's like, oh, limiteds or oh, this or that or that. And it's like, right, that thing I've been waiting to get for four months, is somebody trying to get rid of it now? Brilliant. <laughs> Let me go and pick it up on the cheaper. It's on auction. Nobody's looking. Let's go get it. How often do you buy cards? Again, it's, it's kind of in, it's kind of in spurts and stages, yeah. you know. So I'll make a I'll make a kind of strategical change, or I'll make a strategical note where it's like I want to get more supers, or I want to get more in a region or whatever and then i'll kind of have like i've got a list here like on one of my whiteboards the list will normally be like maybe it'll normally be double the size of what it needs to be for me to be happy and then it'll just be like who i get off the list is just a matter of opportunity you know like if it's this guy then it's that guy if it's him it's so him. you you have a short list there next to you i do yeah well, it's not that short can, I'll can, you move, if you want. can you yeah move the, let us let us have a little peek at that it's up there. Can you see it? 
next no. to the blue eraser. <laughs> okay. Well, I can see the list. I can't see the names. Yeah. <laughs> we need, we need names, Quinny. Um, <laughs> uh, top of the list is a super rare Tonali. I don't mind telling you, Zach, so I've spoken about that before. And then yep. underneath him is a super rare Brahim Diaz. You can maybe get the theme there. Mm-hmm. And then under that is Murich, who's kind of shit now, so I don't know how urgent I'm going to get him. And then after that, it's just a bunch of random people you don't need to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the good ones, aren't Those they? Are the ones, yeah. Those are yeah. the ones we want to know about. <laughs> I've got I've got, I've got Blaze Mendes on there, but I've already picked him up. And then anyone else? Uh, interesting name. Let me think. Oh, well, there's a guy here. I, I don't mind telling you. This is an, uh, his name's Martel. He's a little Austrian guy in the Austrian Bundesliga. He's 18-19. He's a nice little midfielder. He's on loan from Leipzig. So... The kind of natural fault with this guy is he has a good how season. I, how here. do I spell that name, Quinny? Mike Alpha Romeo Tango Echo Lima. <laughs> <laughs> I have a sales background. Yeah. I, I, okay. I can speak phonetics. Um, Love it. So he's on. He's on loan at Leipzig. He's on loan from Leipzig. So the kind he's of hot right now. Year. Yeah, he's good, man. Uh, he's been on my list since Bundesliga came on, and I'm fucking raging at how good he's doing now. But. <laughs> The kind of thought is maybe he goes to Salzburg next year on loan. Maybe Salzburg yeah. sign him. Maybe he goes to the other Austrian team next year on loan. Maybe he goes, you know, who, who knows? Maybe he goes to Belgium next year on loan. Who knows? You know, but he's a, he's a wee he's a wee floater. Could anything could happen with him? You know, he's a nice, nice little profile. I've watched his like I've got I, I do videos from my members on. I've not done one in actually too long. I need to do that again. But I, I've got a Y Scout subscription, so we jump on Y Scout and like. They just basically in the live chat shout names of players and I go on Y Scout and like dig them up and get the video clips and stats and all the fun stuff. And um the annoying thing about it, but is like the YouTube bot will catch it within 24 hours and strike it. So like it's not good, <laughs> it's not got much of a shelf life when we do it, you know. And uh, the boy Martel was slick, you know, there's a few guys we pulled. I did that street, so I uh, this is a random story I'm telling you, but here we go. So they said, Oh, the Austrian Bundesliga is coming out tomorrow. And I was like, oh, brilliant. So I just jumped on that night, did a stream, had a bunch of the people on, and I made a fa- I made maybe about 30 favourites. See, to this day, there's about 13 of them that still don't have a card. Wow. Yeah. And they're like, they're first-team players. You know, they're guys that are in midfield, up, you know, football positions on the field, you know. <laughs> there's like 12, 13 of them that have just not, not got a card in sight. Mar- Martel's already got five super rares. Martel has got a good compliment. But but only one of them was auctioned. I think the other four were maybe rewards. Yeah. Crazy. He's a guy like uh, he's a guy like I've been looking at since he came out and um I don't check on him too often recently to be honest with you because I, I've seen his form has gone up and you know, I'm never he's, yeah, one, he's, in a nice little he, he's one of those guys I talked about earlier that like you feel like you you almost missed. It's too late, yeah. A little bit, yeah, maybe. I, I watched he, the he very. Was, first... He was never super cheap, but he was never super cheap, but it was obviously more expensive now. Yeah, I watched the first game. No Lang played for Bruges, and I was like, okay, I gotta buy this guy. And then he sold for like 0.25 or something, and I was like, okay, I can, I'll wait till that comes down a little bit. Ah. Yeah. yeah. See, the very first time I watched No Lang, I was like, this guy reminds me of Hazard. The first time I watched him, you know, like I, I, I don't think necessarily they're similar players, but the vibe I kind of got is like, wow, this guy's like. Front foot, exciting, you know, yeah. isn't he scared, isn't shy, we guys well, obviously. But yeah. the Noah Lang, like, I was hot on him for the stats, because he came out in a new faces auction, and I was like, this guy Noah Lang, and Ika Ogbo, and 
Matt Miazka and somebody else. I was like, I'm going to go after all these guys in the new faces auctions. Um, and I didn't get the no lang. I was like, cool. He didn't go as high as I thought. And I was like, brilliant. Maybe I'll get, you know, the one of a hundred went a bit. I'll, I'll wait for maybe seven or eight. I'll try and catch him cheap. And then I think he started banging and then they ran away. But after that was the first time I watched him. And I was like, shit, man, I really should have went all after that. Because I had I seen him play before that auction, I've definitely been all over it. Cause I see when you fall in love with a player, I think, you know, for this type of game, it's a big, you know, you've got to get that feeling with some cards and you're spending a lot of money on them. You really, I think you've got to have that little, yeah, I back this guy. He's a player. He's going to make it. Right. You know? hmm. Do you think, yeah, I was going to bring this up. Pierre's just asked, if Lang moves, do you think, like, does his price tank if he moves? So like, it depends on where he goes, I guess. Well, he's probably going somewhere big harder. I'll put it that way. Like he's not going to move to another. I mean, you wouldn't move to another. There's, di- but there's different types of harder, you know. What if he goes to Borussia Dortmund? Right. That that's pretty sexy, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, but if he goes to Chelsea, different story. <laughs> right. You well, know, if he goes so, to Chelsea, he might just go right back to Bruges. <laughs> well, I think I think the the other the other rumor was Leeds, wasn't it? Yeah, and Arsenal. Yeah, trying to feel the leads. I think after what happened with Pepe at Arsenal, I would not be excited about that. Yeah, because Pepe was a baller. It's a bit annoying. Pepe didn't have a card from when he was at Lille because the other platform, all the British contingent used to play before they found so rare. Pepe was a monster. I absolutely loved him on that when he was at Lille. He was tremendous, man. Um. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too excited about Arsenal for no line. Leeds, I don't know. The thing that worries me about Leeds, right, is I don't know, and there's a plenty of Leeds fans in the community that will probably hate me for saying this. I'm very ignorant when I say this, so apologies in advance. I don't know how dependent that team is on the manager because it is very much a way of playing, a methodology, etc., etc. If he leaves for any number of reasons, how many of those players just instantly just drop what yeah. they can actually produce for the Steve Warnock that comes in or the whoever, you know, so that's the thing that would worry me about a, a move to Leeds is like if he just wakes up the more and says, fuck it, then you're screwed, you know? Yeah. That'd be Elsa. He's done stuff like that before. I don't think he would, but he has done it before. I imagine they'll attack you for even suggesting he would do that. <laughs> he was a Lazio manager for four days. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but he was a Lazio manager for four days. He landed in Went to the training ground, met everyone, went to the chairman, said something, and he's like, nah, do you know what? Fuck you and your club, I'm out of here. And he left. Wow. <laughs> Sorry about the F-bomb, sorry. <laughs> um, but um, maybe else is some guy. Do we think that the manager cards will have a SO5 use? Uh, God, I maybe someday, I don't know. I think with what we've seen in Legends, I think 100% it will happen. It's just a case of when. Um. But maybe it'll be like a, a weekly special, like you can use it once a month on a weekly for it gives your team more points or something. I think it works best in an eleven aside format, but rather than a five aside, because you can get like you know, the only comparison you have for the manager card is like the FIFA manager card. If you play Ultimate Team, you get a wee manager bonus and it can add like a wee bit of chemistry onto the team if they share a nationality or a division or whatever. And um I think with you know, the five aside format we've got now to give everybody what an extra f- or everyone who's Italian and you've got Mancini or um, what's his name? Sorry, Ranieri. Everyone who's yeah. Italian gets an extra five percent. 
you know, there is only so many Ranieri's. That doesn't really work too well at five aside. But if it was, if we get to the point where there's a, a real uh, official SO11 and they've got like 100 managers from the top 20 leagues and it's all the all the famous ones, then you can do that kind of thing a, a bit better, I think. So it's probably... Yeah. Um, or like, or like if you assign a manager to that lineup, you can late swap. Oh, <laughs> oh. wow. But you could only do it with Game one buster. lineup. Because otherwise, like, AJ is just going to buy 30, 30 managers and then whole late swap all of his DNPs out and have perfect lineups. I'm not I'm not for the whole late swap thing. I don't know if it was you I was chatting this with, but I was talking to somebody about I think it was the Sean. whole, like, subs and... Oh, but what was Sean? I think wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not about that. I don't know. I like living by the sword, dying by the sword with this kind of game. You know, like having info. Info is like the the one edge no one can take away from you, no matter what your wallet is. You know, and um, you know, time and time and money are quite often the interchangeable kind of uh, commodity in a lot of these situations. You know, if you've got more money, you don't need as much time. If you've got more time, you can maybe get by with a bit less money. So I'm quite happy for DNPs as much as they suck when it hurts, but keeps the game honest, I think. I'll be honest. I saw a lot of people complaining about DNPs today and I was like, oh, I got a better chance. But it's only because <laughs> my guys haven't DNP'd yet. <laughs> they just yeah. haven't played. And more Europa guys than Champions League guys. I didn't realize it's you could funny put the training lineups. That's great. Can you? Uh, XMK Productions says you can use managers, cards, and training lineups for more XP. Really? Oh, wow. I did not know that. I don't have one, so hmm. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What position do they that. play? Don't you need to have positions in training lineups? Yeah, that's weird. I never knew that. I would buy a Nagelsmann card if they made one. I'd buy a Mourinho card if they made one. I'd probably buy an Ancelotti card if they made one. But beyond that, I don't know if there's much of an appetite. But I love Nagelsmann, I love Mourinho, and King Carlos, the king. They have Zidane, don't they? Like, don't yeah. we have a few of them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I sorry, think. brainstorming, not actually have it. See, the thing I've always wondered about is Zidane and the Ranieri. Is, are they in the prize pool? Because surely they well, have... <laughs> Surely they have the same allocation, you know, 50 for rewards, 50 for auction kind of setup or whatever it's meant to be, you know. I'm sure I've seen people win, like, Zidane cards. No. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not Ranieri. But maybe Zidane, because it's a Real Madrid card. This, a big and, and, this, and this might be before, it might be before they, like, started changing things, but I'm just going to scan through the Zidane cards and see if any of them are rewards. I might there's be a complete a, liar. There's a single Phil Neville card. Why is that? There's, one. there's only one. There was where one has been auctioned. It was one of a hundred, and that was it. I remember somebody pointed out to me when it was on. Auction. I remember. I remember him getting cards, but I don't remember there only being one. There's only been one auction. I'll put it that way. No, only one exists. Oh. And AJ owns it. He's not going to He's not going to win the price pool, is he? <laughs> I guess not. That's weird. Yeah. Maybe they're expecting maybe maybe they think he's been sacked. Maybe all that Phil Neville can't still be my in Miami. Look how bad they're doing. <laughs> he must have been sacked. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. 
I love that they still have to cut off the bottom. He's probably not even in the Players Association. Yeah, probably not. I, I I listened to a lot of your 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 streams, Quinny, and I was actually listening one today, and and uh, you had a lot of disappointment over the MLS and not having these beautiful, you know, purple haze kits on uh, on on our players on these cards. Yeah, um, I can't remember what that was I was talking about, but that will be a yeah. It'll make such a big difference to those cards. It really will. Like I still like my MLS cards, and the aesthetic doesn't put me off them, but. I've definitely noticed it when I got the Atlanta and the New York shirt delivered. I was fucking hyped. I've got Medina on the back of one. I've got Barco on the back of the other. I kind of want a Galaxy shirt, but it really hurts my soul to say that out loud. Um, <laughs> just because of the amount of Galaxy superwares I've got, you know. But um, and but then I'm like, right, okay, I'm watching New York play, which I probably do most of the time anyway. Or I watch Atlanta. I've got my shirt on. I'm like, Barco's in my D2 or he's in my D3, whatever. And then I'm like putting up things on Twitter and I'm like, fucking see his shirt you know it's just his mug you know and it's a wee bit of a it's just a wee bit of a a, a damp squid you know it's just a wee bit i of think a, that a that's like some of the little the little like tiny fun things that they can do down the road is like yeah okay we have our seattle sounders but now we have like a couple editions where they're wearing these cool purple haze the Jimi hendrix purple haze uh edition or whatever or even just like another team and you put their third third jerseys on them like i, I don't know if you've seen uh that that uh team in italy venezia or but i can't pronounce it uh yes uh their third kits just came out and they are wonderful they're wild yeah they're wonderful yeah so if you haven't seen it yeah if you haven't googled them check them out yeah they're all nice like all of their kits are really nice I think so we're signing the actual MLS will be a huge, I think it'll be just as big, if not bigger, in a lot of cases in some of these European leagues that we're seeing licensed at the moment, because the MLS as a as a company, I've got an insane marketing power, you know, like I've been following MLS like for a lot of my life, as you probably know, and I know like all across the internet, see as soon as you like follow MLS, like you find it everywhere, you know, it just pops up on feeds with, you know, YouTube and Instagram and different places and whatever. And I think if they were back in this, they, were, they got a license with Sovereign, they're like, right, we're going to lean into this NFT partnership global. Let's tie in with the Europeans a bit better. Let's get exposure. Mm-hmm. I think if they really push that, like, they're a good enough, um, you know, league or company or whatever to really push the envelope with that. And you think about all the La, La, La Liga ticket giveaways, they'll be dishing that stuff out left, right, and center, you know, just special jerseys and all sorts of stuff, man. It'll be a great partnership if and when. Um. Because one thing they do in MLS this year anyway is they do a lot of like, oh, it's like um, like no domestic abuse month for it's Black History Month or whatever. And they all wear, they all kind of wear the same away kit that week or whatever. You know, they do little things like that. Um, and again, with all these kind of marketing things that they do do for good causes and for commercial gain and whatever, there's so many crossover potentials for, for so rare and so many different avenues with it. That I think it'll be a massive, not just for the shirts and the cards, that'll be nice. But um in terms of the actual sway, because the MLSPA, I think I said it on whatever it was you caught today, Black, but it's like a gateway drug. You know, you're just getting access to the guys. We can get them, we can play, we can do our stuff. Right. But the MLS really, you know, I comment on stuff for the guys that do the podcast over there and all that, and they all just kind of ignore you. They're kind of like, oh, I don't think we can really talk about this so weird thing officially, can we? You know, because it's the Players Association and we are the league and maybe it's a difference or whatever. So I think... Um, I think it'll be huge if and when, you know, again. I, like, I did see, I did see like some of the beat writers and stuff. I saw a couple of them, like they're either playing so rare or they're like, they're interested. Some, uh, I think 
Hendo had someone on. I don't remember. Was it Sam or uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody somebody had someone on though that I I recognize them as a beat writer. Hmm. Yeah, a few of them are kind of leaning into the audience. You know, like getting some more. Like the one that I find yeah. uh, all the time I really like her is Laurel Fowler. She does Cincinnati, but she's yeah, like yeah. right into it. See if you message her like, "Hey, how's Matarita doing?" She's like, oh, he's great. He was in training the day." Like, cheers. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. <laughs> <She's> fucking brilliant. <laughs> Now she's going to get all these DMs. <laughs> she has a Patreon, I think. Uh, yeah, if you have a... If you do pester her, like, um, subscribe to her stuff. I think she has a sub stack as well. Oh. Um, but again, I think they're just quite happy to lean into the community side of it because um, there's, so, there's so much action in MLS and as I, as I kind of touched on there, like, as a league, as a kind of entertainment entity, it's so much more advanced than the Austrian league and the Belgian league and, you know, whatever... And the populace is so good, and the marketing potential is so high that it will be a it'll be a massive um, gate opener. Yeah, me. yeah, I agree. Everything that they did with La Liga, I think they could do with MLS. That's how. That's like absolutely what I thought. I was like, it, it's not easy for me to get to Spain to go to a La Liga game, but I could probably make it to a few MLS games. So obviously, that's just. I bought nine I, of those La Liga ticket cards. Are you going with yeah. 17 of your friends? Uh, or is it one, per, well, is it one get, ticket per card? Or is it two? One ticket per card. I bought oh. nine. I gave one to my cousin. I gave two in a competition and I kept six. So we'll see what they lay on for me. <laughs> That's awesome. That is really fun. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe make a week of it or something, you know, run about a did, few places. Did you, did you get to kind of like ask for a specific game? They've not got in touch with me yet. But um, I've got gotcha. like a family friend who owns uh, a like, six-bedroom villa in Spain, uh, about an hour away from Valencia. Yeah, six bedrooms, swimming pool, driveway, all this stuff. And it's just just waiting. Just need to pick up the keys, get a wee flight, hop over. Should be good fun, man. I'm kind of waiting for it. Yeah, that's kind, and I'll do the same as well with MLS. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the same with MLS. I'll be over in a heartbeat. I've probably told you this before when we did other videos and stuff, but like my dad and stuff is American, and I've, you know, I can... Uh, so anyway, when they do MLS stuff, I'll be over in a heartbeat. Don't you worry about that. Awesome, very right, cool. We'll, we'll have to do a meetup when they finally get this MLS deal in. So uh, we have gone a little longer than we usually do. Quinny's well comfortable with this uh, time, but we're uh, a little longer for our podcast. I can, I can, but I can see you twitching. <laughs> Stop talking. Stop no, no, talking. no, not at all. Not at all. But like I said, if we if I didn't do this, we we'd be here for six hours. We'd be here till the end of this uh, CDK auction and. Uh, We'll have to live uh, live stream that. But um, Quinny, thank you so much for coming on. We, like I said, we've been trying to figure out a fake way to get you on so that we could just uh, hang out for a little bit. And so I'm glad we could finally do that. Um, once again, this is the So Rare Andrews podcast, brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by So Rare. We'll be back next week. I think we're going to try to do this Tuesday thing from now on because we uh, the the avalanche of content that comes out on Thursdays and Fridays is fun, but. Maybe we should just do Tuesdays so we don't have to uh, compete just with anyone. Spread like, that whole weekend. Like Quinny's feed every Thursday. It's Thursday night for me. I guess it's Thursday night for you as well. So Thursday nights, check that out. Yeah. Quinny, where, uh, is there like a quick link that everybody can find uh, your stuff in? Any social media, just type in Quinny3001 and you won't be too far away. That's it. And your All new right. procast yeah. is awesome, by the way, just to... Agreed. Procast is an excellent listen. If anybody's, yeah, I, I listen on Spotify, but I assume it's everywhere. 
uh, yeah, the so rare Procast, excellent listen. So check that out. Uh, <laughs> Do you see right, what Nellis just put in there real quick? <laughs> Stay away I from Tuesday, Nellis. Oh, man. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.